and correlations with your host Fiona and Danny. Please note this podcast is for information only. Please seek the correct medical advice from a registered medical professional. This is by the patient for the patient. Now today, unfortunately, Danny couldn't be on the show due to an unforeseen circumstance, but I have our next guest here and I'll let her introduce herself. And I'm going to say hello, Chloe. How are you today? I am great, thank you. So my name is Chloe Bircher or Thompson. I've recently got married and I'm from CB Fitness and Pilates. So I'm a clinical Pilates instructor and GP referral exercise specialist. And I'm also um, a nutritional advisor too, but I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, hypermobility, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, mast cell, fibromyalgia, you name it, I've, I've pretty much got it at the moment. <laughs> um, but I work with a load of different people from just, you know, Joe Blogs down the road that just wants to get fit um, to people like us that have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and, and you know, uh, conditions associated with that. And then also I'm very lucky to, to say that I also work with some professionals as well um, who are musical theatre actors and actresses as well. So I've got a broad range of of clientele you got a good experience there haven't you <laughs> I, yeah, I, try. I do try yeah. and it, it is very much learn on the job sometimes with different people and how um the conditions that they have and that they, they bring to my studio I mean I think that's the thing everybody is very different as you can imagine on the spectrum of things like EDS aren't they Chloe and everyone suffers differently depending on their comorbidities of the EDS yeah and I think it's also that thing is like I'm in Derby um in Chelliston but I also work with people in Scotland as well. So I have to, you know, I deal with different parts of the NHS and different private sectors as well um, because I, I work together with consultants. And, and it very much is different comorbidities, but also very different how consultants deal with people in different areas of the United Kingdom. I know, correct. I mean, I completely agree with you on that front because I'm from Kent. So, um, you know, I can understand how, like, the commissioning groups are very different for Wales, um, England, Scotland. And even when you speak to many people with chronic diseases, they talk about the difficulties and the pathways and the differences in the practices of different consultants and how they're approached, aren't they? So it's completely basically based where you are. For example, it can be a lottery aspect as well, because I know some people in Wales struggle to get the right type of pathways or Pilates or things like that. And I think like what you do, you know, you help people around the country. That's a good thing. And I think virtual classes and things like that has really opened up, you know, especially during the COVID point, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think that's the thing with me. So I will uh, please apologise if I clear my throat. I've literally just got over a really nasty chest infection. Um, I know. Are you feeling better, by the way, with that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so much better, but it's still kind of uh, with the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, as most of us know, it affects different parts of our body. And one of mine is my vocal cords. So it, when I get ill, my vocal cords become really relaxed um, and they can feel a bit numb. So I feel like I keep needing to clear my throat. So I apologise. Um, Don't but, worry, I'm sure they'll be all right. <laughs> Being in the East Midlands, when I I actually got misdiagnosed quite a few times, and the reason I do the job that I do now is because it was my mom and I that went to, um, it's called, I think it's called Stars Charity. Okay, yeah. Um, And I rang up the lovely lady there, and she was like, I think you've got POTS. And then I had to go to my GP and then give her this information. And then she argued about it, and then I had to be sent... Um, luckily I got sent to Sheffield Hallamshire under Dr John West Um, 
but it took me I mean I got ill at 23 and I was very lucky that I actually got diagnosed just before my 25th birthday but in that meantime everything stopped Mm. I was bedridden and the reason I do this job now is because I realized that after I got diagnosed it was pretty much it that's where the help stopped um nobody wanted to touch me the NHS didn't want to touch me there was no information out there and it pretty much was me and my mum and my dad wading our way through the, you know Dr Google yeah to find the help and one of the things that kept coming up all the time is people saying that they couldn't exercise or it was too painful to exercise and and after a about a year I found a clinical Pilates instructor that helped me and that's when I realized actually I want to be that person Um, and that's why I train to do what I do now. I mean you should be really proud of yourself for that because then patients can relate to that because it's especially when you have something like a chronic disease and EDS and chronic musculoskeletal issues you want someone that can understand your position and when you have someone who has like the same condition as you, like EDS, and you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I mean, like you say, there's certain pathways that are basically non-existent when it comes to care. You know, or yeah. if you do get a pathway, it is a long way in the NHS right now. And COVID's put a lot of pressure on that. Yeah, and- I, mean, I mean, I'm 31 now. I'm coming up for 32 in April. I am still struggling Um, with the pathways so for instance my geneticist they closed down that department at Nottingham and didn't tell us they closed that down around about two three years ago now so just before COVID and I got told to get a rheumatologist no rheumatologist did speak to me unless I went to London and that's way too far Um, I managed to get a rheumatologist in Derby wonderful Um, she's a great rheumatologist but still now I suffer with my GP trying to take my medication off me Um, so I personally had to take naproxen for a hip problem I've got it's only just before Christmas that I actually managed to get through to orthopedics to look at the problem with my hip so for saying I got diagnosed and everything you know 24 25 32 now I'm still struggling to get the help and the understanding that I need I completely agree with you. I mean, I can agree on the hip aspect. Um, I was quite lucky because when I originally had to get diagnosed, I had to go private. Um, I got given the actual particular rheumatologist, um, you know, his name by an anesthesiologist at the time because there was no type of sense of pathway or people knew about it at that point. That was in like 2016. Yeah. And even like to get my hip situation sorted, I found... If I didn't have people like my rheumatologists who were well-connected, who work with other people, okay, I wouldn't have got the hip as quickly as I did. You know, I, but I mean, then COVID hit and it took me a year and a half to wait for the op for FAR. And I think pendulum. that's really, I mean, I think there are some great doctors out there, but one of yeah. my worries is I've had, and obviously won't name names, um, had a client recently who's been waiting for a tilt table test, got EDS. They think they've got POTS. Um, and the tilt table test, I think like there's a two-year waiting list now on the NHS. So they looked to find somebody that would do that test and it happened to be in London. And the prices to go get it have skyrocketed. No, I agree. And that really worries me because people are now paying privately to go get the help. 
the help's now 10 times more expensive than it was before because there aren't enough doctors people don't know about it so their time is a premium and then people get left wading through what to do and this is one of the reasons that I'm never going to get rich but from my job that was never my intention and Mm. I always try to keep prices as attainable as possible it's one of the reasons why I use um, a system where I can give people homework so even if they come and only see me once they then have access to the homework that I gave them and it's videos um, that they can watch it a little blurb on how to do the exercise so even if someone comes to me for that one time just to get a little bit of help I can continue to help them um and I try to have an affordable class once a week um, for people to come to and make friends and also work out and get some movement. Um, but yeah, it, it's a literal minefield at the moment. And I have a physiotherapist in this area, Franklin Physiotherapy, that I recommend to people because they've helped me. Um, but it's the only physiotherapist I know of in the area that will specifically um kind of specialized to deal with eds and with things EDS. like that it's mean, an affordable rate without a massive waiting list i mean i can agree on that point with you so i can give you some ideas of costs um because i've had to pay them because it was my last option as in the private aspect yeah i mean like when i went to london for example a specialist top of the range eds physio there 130 pound an hour yeah and I had to go and see a geneticist because of long COVID and things like that. And, you know, I would have looked at a two to three year wait in NHS. Mm-hmm. And the geneticist per hour was £350. And for every 15 minutes following that, £250 before you I mean, even do a test. And when you think of that, you know, not many people can afford that. People literally cannot afford that. And some of them don't have jobs of EDS, you know. Yeah, and that exactly. is a difficult thing. This is- this is one of the reasons why I, you know, I try and offer my time free of charge. Me and Nikki, Nikki and her husband, Kieran, own Franklin Physiotherapy. And we actually offer our time free of charge and do these like um, webinars and things for some of the charities out there. Um, I think H- I'm going to say it wrong now. I should know this. HMSA? HMSA, yeah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Brain fog. Make sure. <laughs> brain fog moment um and we offer our time free of charge so that people who cannot afford to come and see us cannot afford to go see the geneticist or go privately at least have something to go on i agree completely because this is another thing me and danny um uh, what you couldn't be here to say we brought up we said due to the social economic climate due to the illnesses people are suffering the chronic disease and the eds people cannot afford to get these you know situations happen you know and the nhs has a long waiting list there should be accessibility for people to like you say you should be proud of yourself what you do for the charities and i commend you for that you know given that access free access for people to understand and have further clarity and nutrition is another one you know yes there's these certain things that people really need to understand but they don't have the accessibility to or they've not had the right referral or can't get the right referral but they can't afford private and there should be that understanding there that you know i think people forget that people with chronic disease some of them can't work with it and they can't afford it there should be that accessibility there if they cannot find a pathway from someone yeah and also coming back to the nutrition thing in general you know, we we know it's no big shock to the system that the world, the United Kingdom, is suffering with um, an obesity crisis at the moment. 
And we're also, in my eyes, suffering with a knowledge crisis. Because I, I am 100% um, believe in something that Joseph Pilates says. He's the gentleman that made Pilates, okay? Very long backstory with him. Look it up. It's a really interesting story. He thought and said that Pilates should be taught in schools. And I actually believe in that, that uh, because it's so great for the body. It teaches you... Um, how the body works and how to work the body safely but i also believe that um we need to teach nutrition to kids in school so they understand the fundamentals of what proteins fats carbohydrates are macro micronutrients because i i learn things every day i don't pretend to know that i know mm. everything i'm like the doctor you go to the doctor sometimes and they get that big book of conditions out it's the same in my field of clinical pilates and nutrition somebody will say something to me and i'll be like you know what let me come back to you on that and let me just go double check that i've heard of it but i can't remember it off the top of my head but i have the knowledge and and the the places to go to to find it but children nowadays have no idea Adults have no idea. I had an adult argue with me the other day that um, couscous doesn't have protein in it. And I was like, what are you on about? Like a portion of couscous, which is approximately 36 grams of dry couscous makes a portion, will have 5.6 grams of protein in it. And it's not their fault that they don't know. But to think that people just see a food source and don't know what's in it. I think that's another thing. You know, I completely agree with you there, um, Chloe. I'm going to explain why, okay? I had a lot of issues with inflammatory responses, okay? Yeah. I decided, you know what? I'm cutting out all the processed food. I'm going back to basics. I'm going to learn. I'm going to understand everything there is physically to learn and have, you know, basic raw ingredients such as which are full of nutrition, i.e., like your fruit and veg, okay, Mediterranean diet, stuff like that. Yeah. Because the thing is, is, you know, in schools, especially at a young age for kids, if you went into them and went, where do you get your vitamin K from? Where do you get, you know, your uh, magnesium from? So they're just going to look at you as if you're just talking nuts, you know? They yeah. will because they're not taught. And even adults as well. I did a post on it on um, Instagram, me and Danny did. And we said, right, can you tell us where you get every single vitamin, micronutrient and mineral metal from? Tell us. You can get them and where you can get them from. Everybody replied, it was 100% they don't know where to get them from, which clearly states, like you said, there needs to be a complete re-education. People need to get back to basics and understand where to get nutrition from. And nutrition is important because your body needs the right energy, you know? Exactly. And I think as well... I mean, this is just me playing devil's advocate a little bit. You know, I don't personally ex expect, for instance, everybody to know exactly where every single micro and macronutrient comes from. However, what I do expect in schools is for them to be able um, to teach children so in an adult life, they know that I actually need green leafy vegetables because they hold certain nutrients, um, how to make complete proteins and, and things like that. So for the, the vegans and vegetarians out there, you know, you need to know that meat is the only thing that holds all of the, you know, the, the macronutrients in it that we need, okay, our, our essentials and things. Um, our body only makes so many of them. You need to know how to create 
your complete proteins. And that's where the knowledge goes wrong, if that makes sense. We get these yeah. fad diets where people say, cut out carbohydrates. That's the one thing that annoys me. Cut out carbohydrates. And then I go to people, well, actually, you're then going to not eat vegetables because they have carbs in. Yeah. You know, so it's like the people get on this fad train. So I think that what we need to teach um, our children is the reason you need to eat vegetables is because of this fact. The reason you need to eat certain starchy carbohydrates is because of this. And then if they go out in the world knowing this, because let's be honest, if you have a well-rounded diet and you have enough carbohydrates, enough vegetables and fruits and proteins, whether that be meat protein um, or vegetable proteins and things like that, um, your body will be fine. As long oh. as it's natural and it's not processed, and then you might need to look into getting multivitamins and things to like top up things like, for instance, vitamin D and, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I agree with you about the actual natural process because, I mean, you've seen on my blogs and stuff like that that I've completely changed my journey by taking yeah. a zinc and Mediterranean diet. And I'm being open and honest here. I can only speak about my own personal journey and everyone health has to seek the correct medical advice and registered medical professional. But yeah. I can tell you this right my information doesn't exist now because from my point i'm doing the right exercises i'm having the right type of foods in my diet like you say natural foods yeah. okay and you know there's no form of information there you know and when i've done that you know the improvement in the quality of life it's hard to begin with you know everyone's been there done that got the t-shirt when you've been really sick really ill you have no energy to cook anything you don't Right? Oh, yeah, I've been there. But the thing is, is what I do now is when I go to my fridge, I put things in like antioxidants. So, for example, like raspberries or berries, right? Mm -hmm. So if I want something to, um, you know, like mush on, shall we call it, like a snack or, <laughs> you know, I might be just having a little bit of a lack of energy, I'll go and get that because I know that's good for me rather than having something that, from my point, isn't natural but doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, like vitamins, minerals, antioxidants and micronutrients in them, if that makes sense. And yeah, and, and this is the thing I say to my clients, and I say this a lot um, to pre-postnatal um, ladies as well, is that, you know, when we're ill, when you're tired, okay, I mean, there's loads of mums out there, you just want something that you want to grab and go. You don't have time to think about um, weighing foods, or whatever so fill your fridge with things that you can easily snack on so let's think of it like um carrot sticks with hummus for mm. instance great little snack well actually you can get these smaller pots of hummus if you want if you're a little bit more um, envir environmentally conscious you can get the bigger ones and decant it into your own reusable pots get some carrots chop it up on a sunday stick them in the hummus and then you've got snacks ready for the week or like you said, have berries and fruits and vegetables in your fridge that you can go and grab at any point instead of the chocolate bars and the packets of crisps, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just learning to fill your fridge with naturally, natural grown produce instead of the you know pre-packaged stuff that we seem to love at the moment not only is it going to help your body but it's going to help the the environment as well 
I mean, totally. And I think it's just changing the habit, really, a lot of the time. And like you say, we we lead busy lives now and people want quick solutions, if that makes sense. And that is another thing why I think a lot of things like processed foods have been, you know, gone up. And also the social climate as well. I think a lot of people have turned to that because it's quick, it's easy, it's cheap. You know, and there's some people that are struggling to pay bills and things like that right now. They're, you know, choosing between food and electricity and energy bills because we know it's going up again in April in the UK. But I wanted to ask you another thing, going back to your Pilates. So how important is the nutrition aspect now that we've been discussing nutrition with your Pilates of your clients? I would say um, for me, I depending what the, the issue is, I will always speak about nutrition and hydration, I would say, with 80% of my clientele. Mm, wow. Because I have people come in who have want fitness or maybe they've come in, uh, I'll call her, her Jane Blogs for now, but a lady came in um, who was just generally said her core, her tummy wasn't uh, very strong and she got backache and all of this. So I do a postural assessment. So you come in for your assessment with me and people see the word assessment and panic, but literally we chat. And then I get you up and I get you to lift your arms, lift some your leg up and, and lower it down. And I just look at your body and you kind of leave with a bit of a complex, I must admit, because for this Jane Bloggs, for instance, I was like, well, your left shoulder's elevated. That makes sense because it's your right hip that's hurting your right side of your back. And I'll go through all of this and then we can make a plan to move forward. But my question to people always is, how much water do you drink a day? Mm, you know, point. how many snacks do you eat? I always get people to fill out a form you know how many main meals do you have how much water how much alcohol how many snacks do you eat in a day are you taking any supplements because it is so important for me to to know your body as a whole and when i see people say to me oh yeah i'm tired and lethargic all the time i don't drink water yeah what? i know you don't drink water you don't <laughs> yeah. drink water you've got your body's 60 percent water we need it so just educating people on um tea and coffee is not enough to sustain you eating one meal a day is not enough to sustain you not having breakfast this is a big bugbear in my life with clients the word breakfast came from years ago from breaking your fast overnight yeah okay so how do you expect your body how do we expect our children um to go out in this world and and be good human beings and have a brain that's wanting to work and a body that's wanting to work if we don't supply it with energy and i think i agree with you completely on that point about how you're going about asking your clients about it because i think that's one problem that we have in a lot of areas of in some areas as in clinicians or doctors, because there is no discussion about, right, what are you eating? Yeah. How many meals are you eating? Are you keeping hydrated? I've not had one of those questions asked. Like they went, oh, just, you know, keep your diet yeah, or take a multivitamin, but never, right, what are you eating? What time of day? Are you hydrated? What's your environment like? Anything like that. There's not a question in there anymore. There isn't, unless they refer you to a dietitian or nutritionist. And in the UK right now, that's a two year wait. Yeah, and not only that, that dietitian and nutritionist probably hasn't heard of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I haven't yet found one that's ever heard of it. And, you know, I speak in, in the community with these people. And not only that, I remember when I first went to, to get looked at for POTS, 
and obviously they do talk about having more electrolytes because with POTS and, and orthostatic intolerance and my blood pressure is very low, my heart rate's very low, um, our autonomic nervous system basically just goes a little bit haywire and we don't keep the water in the body and that makes yeah. everything go a bit funny. So there's always a talk of increasing water, having electrolytes. And one of the things I originally got told, and this is before I trained in the field that I'm in, is a lot of clients find it good to cut out carbohydrates a lot of people find you know don't eat pasta don't eat um whole grain rice cut out the carbs completely and to, to begin with i actually did that and my energy levels were shocking because you need carbohydrates in your diet preferably whole grain and things like that whole wheat and it's when i went back and asked the question as to why i was originally told that nicely Oh, we don't know why it just makes sometimes makes symptoms a little bit better. So what you're doing is you're trading, feeling a little bit better because your body takes a bit more energy to digest carbohydrates, as some people will know. Um, it may slow down digestion, which lowers the blood pressure, um, or in some people can increase it depending how your autonomic nervous system is, is um, working. We're trading off symptoms for a poor diet but they won't actually give you scientific evidence as to why. I mean, that's the thing. I think also as well, there's different types of carbohydrates like you explained earlier on as well. Um, yeah, so you want to make sure that you're having, your whole grains are really good for you. I don't like where possible having things like white bread and um, processed carbs because all that processing the carb does is take out the nutrients. Hmm in layman's terms yeah white bread is brown bread that's just been taken all the most of the nutritional content out of it that's yeah. all it is you might as well have the brown bread and get some extra nutrients into your body okay it, it, it that's all it is and i think you know it's very easy for the people and, and i say nhs is a broad term it's very easy for the nhs or uh, specialists to say don't do this don't do that but always ask why because mm. it is so important to why you have got to do this because in case unless they can give you scientific evidence and research as to why you should cut out certain nutrients or carbs or whatever it is they're saying to you i i for me personally wouldn't do it anymore back then early 20s i'd i'd, I'd have literally licked the floor if they'd have told me it was going to make my <laughs> symptoms better but now that's being an interesting way <laughs> oh, i don't remember that one <laughs> i don't know absolutely anything um but you know we need to know why these are our bodies and sometimes, let's be honest, we're guinea pigs. They're testing these new things out on us. But as you've said, a lot is a lot. I'm trying to think of the saying now, but there's a lot to be said for a healthy, nutritious diet that you've taken out the processed foods from. I mean, I'll give you an idea. So, for example, let's go back to bread. I looked at before I started all this, I looked at one white bread. Okay, and the amount of sugar, salt, preservatives, and things like that in it, 
you know, this is what I mean about reading labels. Sometimes it actually yeah. opens perspective and you go, why am I eating this? Let's just get back to basics and give my food nutrition so it has the right energy, right? I can mm -hmm. go and, you know, eat carrot sticks or, you know, like things like cucumber sticks or I can go and eat um, spinach, you know, salmon, which is high in the omegas, which is really good. Um, and do you know what? The amount of energy I have back now is huge there, Chloe. Yeah, yeah it's, my only, my, it's my own personal journey only I can speak of, but I haven't looked back. You know, my GERD issues have gone, my IBD issues have gone, I have more energy. My brain fog's just gone down the pan, quite literally. It's like, okay, I'm no longer Dory the Fish times 25, might have a bit here and there, but it's showing that the body's going, oh, you're giving me the right food so I can do more. You know, it takes time to build that up because you have to change the habit. I get that. But, you know, like you say about the process aspect over natural, it has many benefits in natural aspect because you're not cooking it out like processed food or things like that. You're getting the full nutrient there. You know, if nothing else has been added into it as such. So you know what you're eating. Yeah. And I think if you even go back to um, something that my, my granddad always used to say, bless him, he, he passed away in 2020. But I know... Um, he was 80 something at the time. So he was uh, quite young at the time of the Second World War. But I know that um, the, the nutritional value of some of the foods or what they were eating wasn't correct. And it was just because of lack of food, obviously, because they were going through a war. But they actually had a better diet back then than we do now. Why? If your chicken didn't lay the egg, you weren't having eggs. You know, if it wasn't out of the garden from my great granddad, it wasn't on the plate. And I'll say another thing as well to that. Um, now, basically, the soil in that time was a lot more full of nutrients compared yep. to now. So the nutrient level in soils is a lot less. There's multiple publications on it. I mean, I think I've got about 464 today on that just alone on the soil. And when you look at like the nutrient representation in vegetables in the 50s in the ground till now, that's about a 40% difference. Yeah. And I think, you know? I mean, part of this, I mean, you could even go down the environmentalist part of this is because that we're, you know, certain people will say it's because there's too many people, we're ruining the soil, we've used the nutrients up that are in the soil because of the amount of people, we get all of that. But I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, just just buying things that are natural. Yeah, I agree you know completely. I, mean? I, I really... And this is just me, and I'm sorry if there's anybody listening to this that actually does this. And I don't just want to on there. I'm actually a really nice person. But for the love of God, please stop buying carrot sticks. Get a carrot and do the carrot sticks yourself. It's a lot cheaper, to be honest with you. Like, if you get a whole bunch of carrots... Yeah, if you get a whole bunch of carrots... I mean, I can go down to my market in the town centre. I can get about five carrots, four pounds. Yeah, right. I actually Probably. did my food shopping yesterday. I got a kilo of carrots at Sainsbury's for less than a pound. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it just goes to show you're paying £1.80 or £2 for, you know, carrots which have been cut up when you could get just a whole bunch of carrots yeah. for less than that and have multiple meals in that whole week. Exactly. And I just think it's, again, some of it's convenience. And I think we've, be we've become a, um, a nation of quick i want it now i see this a lot with the the kids that i teach as well they want results now yeah okay they don't want to work for it it has to be now um 
and they don't understand why they can't have it now. Yeah, they want a quick solution. Nation of convenience and and taking it a little bit back um, to Pilates for this type of thing as well. I know there are people out there that might be in a wheelchair, that might be bed bound, who are saying, yeah, Chloe, it's okay for you to say uh, to exercise, but I can't. I'm in too much pain. I can't do this. I can't do that. My first thing to say to those people is I believe you and I support you. However, the only way that your bodies are going to improve is one, as we know, the correct nutrition, so trying to eat better, but also is movement. Our um, ancestors didn't have as many problems as we do now because they're not sat behind a desk they're not on their phones all the time. They were up, they were moving, they were working because they had to. And I know there's people out there that are really suffering. And I really, and I, this is me saying I want to help you. But what I want people to do is not only get the right nutrition, but say, okay, what chair exercises could I do? Okay, mm. what, where can I go to try and, and find the help um, to improve my muscle tone? to help support my body does that make sense yeah no totally and and I think this is where for me remember I was bedridden for a whole year so I am totally with those people it's such a hard thing to do but try your best make something called smart goals you know specific measurable attainable all of that relatable time driven um is you know Today, let's say you're bedridden, you're listening to this in bed, you're really tired. Let's just point and flex your feet a few times. Do you know what I mean? Try doing 10 of those, Mm. point and flex the feet. Let's, um, you know, learn things like centering, using your tummy muscles and have that smart goal of today, I'm going to do 10 points and flexes of my toes. Tomorrow, I'm going to try 11. See what I mean? Um, I totally get you small little attainable goals i have one lady that came to me who was pretty much bedridden this was three years ago i had to do online sessions with her only or physically go to her house this was just before the pandemic and in half an hour we'd probably get one exercise done because of how tired she was she had ellis danlos syndrome she now is walking and can happily walk about two to three miles. That's brilliant. That's really And I'm good. not a miracle worker. Do you know what I mean? She's put a lot of effort into this. Yeah. But I don't want anybody saying, I can't. You can. You may not be able to do it the same way as somebody that hasn't got your condition. Okay. But you can do it. It may take you longer, but you can. I agree with you It may not be the same, but the only reason I say this, and some people will be going, oh my goodness me, she's just, you know, so glass half full, it's offensive. I had to do that. I had to go, okay, I want to train to be like my clinical Pilates instructor that I'd found. So I had to take a course that was online that I could do in my bed. And then I had to go from that course to one that was in person. And then I had to do that part-time. Then I had to go to another one. I've had to build my portfolio of qualifications up depending on how my body felt. But now I go to the gym and I can help people with nutrition 
etc etc so i just want people out there to know that even though today it might seem absolutely impossible you might be thinking i can't afford the carrots i can't afford to do this just make small tiny little changes and over time you will see amazing things happen i completely agree with you i think we've all been there we've all done that we've all hit a low point right but i think they say um small steps lead to great things yes you know and i think that's important you know once you know small step for someone which may be just moving their hand that's a small step you know and just doing a bit of um closed kinetic or flexibility work you know can be a huge moment for them you know, a couple of days later, they're moving two hands, you know, it's yeah. very little steps that lead to bigger things. I mean, you know, I've had hip surgery, knee surgery, I've had to pull myself out of bed with no help, no help at home, you know, going up four flights of stairs of crutches, right? And you, I just was in a position where I had to do it, you know, and I think if you want to try, I think there's also maybe a slight fear for change, in a yeah. lot of people, that's the normal instinct. That's normal human instinct. Something changed, you're going to have a bit of fear. But you won't know until you try, even if it's a small thing. You don't have to do a big leap, but you can do a small thing to try and see yeah, and how the brain, it works. You've got to remember, your brain is there to protect you. Exactly. Okay. And so when anything changes or anything hurts, your brain is going to automatically say, no, stop it. Don't do that. It's It's bad whoa put you know put the brakes on but we can for me in the clinical world we can work with what we call a yellow flag that brain uh popping up and saying no you can't do this there's ways around everything um and going back to the problem with the nhs and the consultants is if people are given the right support at the start of their journey things don't progress as much i agree and it that, doesn't actually. become such a big problem down the road but nine times out of ten there'll be people listening to this that are just happy that there's two people talking right now that understand what they've been through and um feel heard no, okay, think we're talking about true. it and again going back to when i was saying about the kids they want it now they want everything now that is a natural instinct okay we are not patient as human beings mm. okay and i think sometimes um and this may this uh, disclaimer i don't want this to offend anybody i go onto some of the facebook forums i know we spoke about this previously when we've had chats mm. and there's it's very negative yeah. I've had a lot of clients say this as well. Everything on there, not everything, but some things on there are very negative. What wheelchair should I get? What I can't do this anymore. Nobody understands me. And one thing I will say is I came off those Facebook forums for my own mental health. If you surround yourself with negative thoughts and, and um, negative comments, you are never going to improve because your brain will see them. It'll hold on to those thoughts and it becomes I can't instead of I can. So if you are worried or upset or you're not sure what to do, reach out to somebody. You know, I'm here. I talk to people all the time on Instagram and try and give them free, helpful advice, you know, to get a positive outlook on on a situation that may seem very negative 
And I think also as well, everybody's position is unique. And, you know, everybody has to realise that we are not all the same. No. And the thing is, from that point, you know, one person's opinion might not relate to you, you know. So you have to think of it in that way. And I think the one thing that you do learn, I mean, I suppose I could be called an oldie now from the EGS point because, I mean, I've had my diagnosis seven, eight years now. And the one thing I've learned is, is that you have to try things in order to try to get yourself better. You do. You have to make changes. That's going to be a point that people will have to accept because if you want to get better, well, you've got to start, you know, trying little bits of movement. You do. If you want to get better and give your body the right energy, you know, like I said, my own personal opinion, change my diet. I've got more energy, no inflammation. I mean, brilliantly enough, Chloe, I'm off my pain meds. I'm off all my meds, right? That's yeah, I mean, how that's much of... Yeah. I haven't had naproxen now. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness me. I would say probably for six months. Am I still in pain? Yes. Yesterday was a bad day for my back. I'd been on my feet a very, very long time. Mm. And I also think, you know, it's not fearing that pain. Yeah. And it's learning bodies again, because with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, especially, our proprioception is is so bad that, you know, we do injure ourselves and we do get pain. And sometimes we feel the pain, we panic and the world stops, you lie down, you don't move again for a little bit. It's learning. And this is where hopefully I can help a couple of people is, that was my only reason for training, is, is learning there's ways to help your body with movement and the biggest thing I'd like anyone to take away from this is yes nutrition is an absolute must when you have EDS POTS and all those kind of comorbidities but also people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome our bodies are not good stationary Mm. it makes it worse our bodies were made for movement and some people will go yeah but I can't do this and I can't do that just hear me out on this when I was ill let's just say uh what week are we on now last week okay I got ill on the Monday by the Wednesday I had been in bed my body hated me I do movement workout teach every single day even when I'm tired I will do certain stretches and movements if I don't move and stretch my body and move it around in a mere 48 hours I am a crippled Mm. so imagine doing that for a long amount of time I mean I'll agree with you in that point point I mean I do desk um office space role okay that's just to give you an idea, you know, like um, a type of position aspect. We're not used to sitting in a certain position for so long, yeah. right? So I now always make sure for 15 minutes every hour or so forth, I'm always getting up and I'm walking around, I'm stretching, I'm doing mini exercises because the thing is, you know, you have to realise your body has so many muscle groups, okay? And you mm-hmm. need to keep them strong as well, number one. And number two, if you keep stationary, it doesn't help with EGS. I can confirm that, you know, because of the roles I do, you know. I mean, when I was doing a lot of sports years ago, my joints were amazing in a sense of because everything wasn't stationary. I was moving. Everything was strong around the joints, right? There was no type of weak uh, quadriceps or VMOs and so forth, you know. Yeah. And then I noticed when I was getting more and more stationary, if I didn't go to the gym, my muscles would become weaker. If I didn't go for a walk, 
my quadriceps and everything would get weaker, which would cause implicating issues, you know? Yeah, and I think even if you look at, just take me, for instance, as a young, um, you can see this on my, on my website, but as um, a young girl, I was always very active. Now, unfortunately, I was a bigger girl at that age, um, which we actually now think was partially something to do with the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and things, just how my body was. But I did um, dance, okay? I did singing as well, but dance. Um, I did kickboxing, I did golf, and I did swimming. Yes, I got injured more than probably my peers did, um, but I carried on, okay? And it's when I uh, was first kind of like, then I got told I wasn't allowed to do anything impact. I ignored them for a bit, because back then, those many, many years ago, 20 years ago, <laughs> Um, they told you you can't do any kind of impact sport. So then I stopped doing PE, which obviously then made me gain weight as, as a child. I tried to keep up with the dance and things like that. Um, but, you know, I then eventually had to stop doing anything at all. And I became the weakest I had ever become. I was dislocating yeah. things. My back was hurting. I felt like I couldn't hold my own neck up. You know, but as when I was younger, I was dancing. Mm. I was on. I did. I did point for a little bit. I did tap. I've just started um, doing tap again. Actually, I've, I've got my tap shoes back out, which were really quite nice. That's cool. Um, and um, I still do bar things and bar exercises because they really, really help my body. But you know, if you don't move, your muscles will get weaker. And the problem is with us, with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is that we don't create enough collagen. The collagen that we do create is faulty, okay? So all the zebras out there, we have got faulty collagen. We don't create enough collagen. So our poor tendons are too stretchy. We all know this. So what's holding our skeletal system together? Our muscles. If our muscles are not strong, our skeletal system is being held together with a wing and a prayer. And this is so, the thing. And the Baton scale is another thing where people get misdiagnosed. I had somebody yesterday that she was in her 60s, had got told in her 20s that she was slightly hypermobile. I can't actually diagnose her with EDS, but I said to her yesterday, I would bet a lot of money on her having Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Oh, but on the Baton scale, I'm only this. The Baton scale is outdated because here's a bit of a statistic for you. Okay, one of the, the things on the Baton scale is touching the floor can you touch the floor i would say 60 to 70 people with ellis danlos syndrome cannot touch the floor why because their muscles are tight the reason your muscles are tight is because they're trying to hold your skeletal system together they're compensating as they're well compensating so the muscles are tight which then mean the tendons have to try and take over some of the original job, which they can't do because they're too lax. We dislocate, things go wrong, scoliosis, pelvis gets tilted. So the Baton scale is outdated, completely outdated. And I don't even use the Baton scale very much anymore. If ever I'm looking at someone with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I look at comorbidities. Have you got the striations on the skin? Are you tight in certain areas? Have you got irritable bowel syndrome, things of that nature? Do you know what I mean? And then you can start talking about the nutrition and, and getting into that side of things because they're probably not drinking enough water. It's, you know, we could talk about this, Fiona, for days. <laughs> we could, but I tell we you could what. go round in circles with this, but absolutely, because it is big, one big circle 
on things but, but I think if anything that this podcast is is going to do for people is is make people realize that there's you there's Danny there's me we we will talk to our heart's content to whoever yeah <laughs> And we will help people as much as that we can help anyone that's been on this podcast. You know, I mean, I've, I've already listened to some of them. They've been so good. Is there are so many people out there that want to help you. Um, totally. But it's finding them. And, and I have been on, I won't name them, Facebook groups before where I've gone, hi, my name is Chloe. I'm a clinical Pilates instructor. Try this. And I've been told, no. You are wow. not allowed to put you a clinical Pilates instructor. You're promoting your business. I'm like, what? I'm not asking for money. I'm giving them advice. But you're promoting your business. They're then going to come to you and pay you to help them. That's their prerogative. I'm not asking them to. Just like I'm on here, I've got a discount code for everybody. The reason I'm giving the discount code out isn't because I want everybody that listens to this to come, and, uh, uh, come to me. It's because people are listening to this because they can't afford things. I completely agree with you. Does and that I, make sense? No, you no, make this, like, no. You didn't make that podcast or this podcast, sorry, uh, because everybody out there has access to amazing consultants. We made this. We made this. I'm not in this. You made this. <laughs> I'm this um, to to help because there's misinformation out there. People don't have the correct information. People don't understand where to go next. So the think- discount code I'm giving out is there to help people get. Um, more affordable help if I can help them in any way I will so if anyone needs to message me just to ask me a question please do it just like you would answer anybody's question if they messaged you yeah I mean totally I mean you know me Danny I mean we generally use uh, medical publications which is actually all being peer-reviewed by doctors and information like that so there's never that sense of misinformation because it's been peer-reviewed and doctors have complete access to those and medical professionals and ally like yourself have access to them and you know that's important you know that the correct information is out there and I wanted to go back about the baiting score that you were mentioning so you probably saw that me and Danny's been doing a lot of research and we're doing a medical yeah. publication right now and this is why we mentioned other symptoms as well like gastro UTI because these are the these are other type of areas which aren't on the type of comorbidities criteria aspect yeah. currently which, are, you know, if you go and ask the average person, EGS person, have you had a urinary tract infection? Oh, yeah, I have. Have you got a cyst anywhere? Oh, yeah, somewhere. And then, oh, you've got gastric issues? Oh, yeah, I have. And this is about asking the correct questions that like you're doing. You know, you're going back and looking at the stray, you know, as in the skin and stuff like that. You're looking at everything as a whole. And I think that's important as well. You know, it's looking at everything as a whole and actually talking to your client to understand and further and when you talked about that forum, it's actually quite shocking in that sense because, you know, you would think they would embrace it by having someone as an allied health professional who can come in, you know, and might be able to help those people because people can't afford it. Like you said, and that's why you want yeah. to give the discount code. And at the end of this podcast, we'll certainly put that on the actual um, information area as well so people can go to your website. But I think it's also to give people hope that there are options you know, because I think in some people or the EGS community, like we had a lot of DMs saying they didn't feel like they were being heard, that, you know, they weren't getting the information out there. There was different types of people as in how they suffer from the EGS. They only feel it's like one type of people being mentioned. So that's why we started the podcast. So we get yeah. people from all backgrounds putting across their own opinion 
And, you know, many people hear the podcast and they're free to hear it. You know, they just have to go for the correct medical advice to their own medical professional. Yeah. But at least that way, they can be heard, you yeah, know? Yeah, I think, and I think like, like you, you said, it's about being heard. If you go to the NHS, you have to go in about one condition. And I actually mm. broke down, it was years ago now, probably four or five years ago, because I was told, I went into the GP, spoke to him about something, I wanted to be seen as a whole, and they refused. They said, oh, you can choose one. But I can't choose one. It's all you together. Can't. Yeah. And and this is where people like myself um, can help. So so one thing I'd say to anybody, just as a bit of a side note here, is not all uh, personal trainers are uh, qualified the same way. Same with Pilates instructors. Okay. So for me, and you can go to anybody in any profession and say to them, I want to see your qualifications. Okay, mm. and I put this out there because I will happily tell you that I am APPI um, accredited, out, and which is the Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute. Um, I can tell you all of my qualifications. I can give you copies of all of my qualifications that I'm part of SIMSPA, which is like an overseeing body. Okay, but you can just be a fitness Pilates instructor. Nothing wrong with that qualification, by the way. If you were a fitness Pilates instructor, you kill me every time I come to class. <laughs> But they are like, that's a two-day course. Does that yeah, make sense? I get that. Just like, a level three Pilates instructor doesn't have to have any other um, qualifications previously and then can just go do this uh, diploma. There are people out there that can, um, if you don't know about Pilates, there's different pieces of big equipment that Joseph made. You always had to be trained on the mat first before you went on the reformer, for instance. There's a big thing about reformers at the moment, but there's now companies out there that do a 24-hour reformer qualification where my mother could become a reformer instructor and it's so wow. important to make sure that you get the correct help because I have a lot of people come to me and say that I've done Pilates before and it hurt me yeah so that's what no and I agree it's always and you important need to, to make sure it. that you have it so please even if you don't come to me go out there ask the questions you are in control of this what are your qualifications do you understand eds have you heard of ellis danlos syndrome before what what have you done this is so so important for people like us because the worst thing you can do is go in and like you said be misunderstood or not heard and it leaves you feeling deflated so for me for instance if anybody comes to me i've done this on many occasions some people come to me just for an assessment for instance like another client of mine just so that i can write a letter to their doctor to say from my professional opinion this 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 and this and sometimes it can help and you can go to a a, a physiotherapist and ask for the same thing Okay, you might have to pay for the letter, for instance. But this is where we are currently within the NHS and the private sector is, is having to go and try and find somebody that understands to get them to write a letter to get help. Mm. I because mean, without I... it, you don't know. Without you and, and Danny doing some of your research, we'd still be where we were. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, me and Danny have read about 80,000 publications now. Um, so not your average type of 100 or 200, you know, and all the information is out there in the publications. I mean, we can see publications dating back to the 1930s, at least. We've got them all catalogued, mm -hmm. you know. So the question I ask there is, is if they're all catalogued, they all have access to it, mm -hmm. they can find it themselves. 
doctors, specialists, whatever. Now, I wanted to ask you two final questions, if you don't mind, before yeah, we round no, it up there, Chloe. So the, the, well, the first question I have for you is, do you, I know you talked about one patient with EDS um, that's, you know, now walking, which is absolutely fantastic. And do you believe in yourself after seeing all your patients and everything that the Pilates and the nutrition has been an absolute type of changer in their quality of life and their symptoms? 100% yes. From my personal opinion, bedridden, I'm now up and, and moving. You can see it on my website. There's a little blurb about who I am and, and, and how I came to be, uh, what I do. I would say 100% yes. Pilates and nutrition, clinical Pilates and nutrition, so not just normal, normal Pilates, are 100% my go-tos for anybody, whether it be with me or somebody else, 100%. And then... I mean, I agree, I agree with you on multiple factors there. I mean, I'm just, from experience, you've heard my story and what I've said to you today there, Chloe. Um, yeah. You know, and the amount of profound changes I've noticed in my medical um, pathway now, I've dropped like seven doctors. I yeah. only have two now, which is brilliant. Um, so from that point, the final question I have for you, which is going to be the question which I think you'll like the most... <laughs> <laughs> Is what is your hope for chronic disease and EDS patients in the future? What would you want for them? I want a system of knowledge um, in the NHS and in the private sector with anybody with a chronic condition that we're heard, that we're seen, we're believed, and that there is some form of care pathway that is affordable and attainable that's what i want i completely agree with that and then the and other i don't thing... care if that is having to be self-paid i don't care if that is from the nhs but just not being left floundering would be amazing and i think also for it to be um regulated as well would be absolutely amazing because there are some people out there like i said ask for qualifications there are some people out there that absolutely talk out of their bum i like your honesty you say it straight to the point i do there are there's something i see and i look at it and i'm like it's taking everything in my power not to say anything but i'm professional and i won't question anybody and i won't name names but yeah to be heard to be seen but it to be regulated because I think if we regulate it, then we all get the same care and attention. I agree in that point. And another point I would add is for sure there needs to be a re-education in nutrition yeah. across the whole sector. Yes. I'm adding that on. I'm nicking it. I want a re-education. <laughs> there, there certainly does. I mean, there needs to be re-education in nutrition yeah. amongst all medical professionals and ask some patients these questions and I also think for the patients as well, they need to be fully informed and in what to do as well uh, yeah. because they can't get that information right now. And yeah. I think that will be critical to making people's quality of lives dramatically improve. And, uh, and like you say, have a system which is affordable, you know, because yeah. in this current social climate, people can't. And it needs to be affordable, you know? Yeah. So... Well, thank you very much for today, Chloe. No it's been problem. lovely talking thank to you. Thanks for having me. I know. I enjoyed this chat and I do like talking to you because you just come out with it and I'm like, go girl. And 
So I do love it. So um, what we'll do is we will put all the links to your website on the actual description and on Instagram as well. And then we'll do discount code as well. And I'm sure many people will start listening to your um, podcast as well, because I find your podcast absolutely fascinating. And, um, you know, on behalf of me and Danny, I know Danny couldn't be here today due to unforeseen circumstances, but I really appreciate your time there today, Chloe. Not a problem whatsoever. So, yeah, it's just, just come see me on Instagram. There's loads of things on there. I talk about a lot of, of things. Um, and uh, I have a little Facebook thing as well that people can go on that uh, that we can we could link. It's all together on Instagram anyway. But, yeah, I talk a lot on Instagram about this stuff. So, yeah, I look forward to uh, speaking to some different people and hearing more from your podcast. Yep, um, there's more. <laughs> there's certainly hey, more than I tell you. Um, but I just would like to say to all our listeners, again, our podcast is for information only and to please seek the correct medical advice from the, a registered medical professional. So thank you very much again, Chloe, and we'll keep in contact via DM because as we always do. And um, take care and thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye.